I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF October 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. So the federal government came out, Jay, and they project that they have spent $54 million on the Arrive Can app so far, which is double the amount of initial projections. The Canadian Burger Services Agency, the CBSA, recently confirmed 27 contracts involving 23 unique companies that have all worked on the app. So it's really no wonder how they lost track of all that spending. Did you think we're getting value for our money out of this? I mean, it's impossible to say yes to that question. I will say, though, let me posit something to you. Sure. If there was like a pre-clearance thing that allowed you to cross the border faster by uploading like important information, people would be jazzed about that. I think it was like the amount of money being spent, the fact that it asked for your vaccine passport, like all those things wrapped up it probably gave it a really bad rap and probably doomed it at the beginning. But I am in favor of a pre-clearance mechanism that costs a little bit less than this. What about you? Well, Jay, do I have good news for you? That's exactly what they've done. Now that they've gotten rid of the need for mandatory vaccines entering the country, you can now just use the Arrive Can app to fill out the border clearance forms to accelerate your border crossing. So it sounds like you'll still be a user. The one quirk about the Arrive Can app is that if you go on it on the App Store, it's actually more, it's received more five-star reviews than almost any other app. Like it's got more five-star reviews than Twitter on the App Store. It's very odd. Well, Brett, how do you think they spent that $54 million? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Brett, aside from all those very real reviews of the ArriveCan app, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, protecting you from robot dogs. For our second story, are you considering moving to Alberta? And for our last story, an investigation into Canadian grocery chains. For our first story, do you get really scared watching videos of scarily agile robot dogs? Of course you do. In that case, you'll be happy to know that the people who make them have promised that they will never, ever hurt you. I'm sure that'll work, Brad. It absolutely has to work. What's the manufacturer promising? It sounds like the plot of Terminator, Jim, which is a bit concerning. So six companies, including the famous Boston Dynamics, pledged, they pledged, Jay, not to weaponize or support the weaponization of their robots, and they urged others to follow suit. And it matters because the robots are coming. In fact, many are already here. North American firms ordered 25% more workplace robots last quarter than the year before, which is a new record. Now, robots could bring a lot of good from taking on harmful or repetitive jobs like our good old pal Flippy, which we talked about a few weeks ago, to making lives easier for those with disabilities. I'm more in favor of Sippy, but I understand what you're saying. (laughs) But they also present an increasing danger, be it from illegal modifications or fully autonomous weapons, which the UN tried to and failed to ban last year. Well, so good luck enforcing that. Boston Dynamics CEO... Robert Plater told Axios, quote unquote, we are convinced about recent increases in makeshift efforts by individuals attempting to weaponize commercially available robots, and we need a policy that prohibits bad actors from misusing them. But the promise is already facing scrutiny, as Boston Dynamics has law enforcement and military deals, although they say these bots will only be used to help people out of harm's way. Yeah, that's a... Good spin on it. The bottom line is that this pledge is a good industry-led effort, but more safeguards and even new laws need to be enacted to protect us in the face of these cold-blooded, potentially killer robots. <laughs> For our second story, a nurse, an accountant, an engineer walk into a province and they all get jobs. That's one of several cheeky ads paid for by the government of Alberta taking over Canada's busiest transit stations lately, all part of a $2.6 million quote-unquote 
Alberta is Calling campaign, which aims to lure skilled workers to the province with affordable housing and high wages. It sounds like a good deal to me, Jay. Why should Peak Pals care? Did you? Are you starting to move? No, Jay. You know, I love Toronto. I'm not actually <laughs> going to move to Alberta. <laughs> Canadians are feeling extra strapped for cash these days. You know it. The government of Alberta knows it. So they might be onto something by targeting groggy commuters, making their way to work from their overpriced condos with $6 coffees. According to new Q2 data, the ads might not be necessary. Ontario saw the largest net outflow of people in 60 years, while Alberta saw its largest inflow since 2014. Speaking to the peak, outgoing Premier Jason Kenney laid out the case for Alberta. Back in June, Calgary tied Zurich, Switzerland for third place in the Economist Intelligent Unit's EIU annual ranking of the world's most livable cities. The price of an average detached home in Calgary and Edmonton is $636,000 and $469,000 respectively, compared to the $1.65 million and $1.95 million in Toronto and Vancouver, respectively. And to finish off his case, the median after-tax income in the province is $72,000, 10% higher than in Ontario and BC, plus Albertans pay no sales, land transfer, or payroll taxes That sounds like a pretty pretty good deal. (laughs) Maybe we are moving. And this is all happening because Alberta's resource sector has boosted incomes and made it possible to keep taxes low. But with oil prices in flux and the transition to renewables well underway, the province will have to diversify its economy away from energy. But supporting growth in the financial technology, which is setting records for venture funding and renewable industries, will take a lot of fresh talent. We're going to zoom out a sec, Brett. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. A blueprint for this already exists. South of the border, millions of Californians headed to Texas in recent years, attracted by the state's lack of income tax, affordable real estate, and growing economy and job prospects, and big companies have followed suit. For our last story, the feds are going to take a long, hard look at Canada's biggest grocers to see if they've been stocking lies and deception alongside meats and produce in their stores. Intrigue in aisle 10, Jay. That's what we're calling the documentary about this. Here's what's happening. The House of Commons Agriculture Committee voted unanimously in favor of an inquiry into Loblaws, Empire, which owns Sobeys, and Metro's recent profits. The big three have been criticized for exploiting soaring food inflation up 10.8% in August for profits, a practice recently dubbed as greedflation. Gross profits for Loblaws, Empire, and Metro increased by 21, 27, and 15% respectively over the first quarter of 2022, but have come back to earth since then. Yes, but grocers insist that profit bumps came primarily from their pharmacy department as people stocked up on high-end products to look fresh and clean as the world opened up. Now, a recent academic study found very little public evidence of greedflation and that profit margins have been relatively consistent in years past. But, Brett, public is doing a lot of heavy lifting in the above mea culpa about pharmacy. Accounting experts told the Financial Post it's difficult to determine if the pharmacy explanation is true using only publicly available financial statements, hence the need for a deeper probe. And here's why it all matters. If all goes smoothly, the inquiry will either clear the names of Canada's grocers or cast some shady business practices into the spotlight, a win-win for consumers. Now, if the latter does happen, it would be a hit to public reputations already besieged with scandals. You can look at Hero Pay, Chip Wars... I remember the chip wars. That that was personal for me. And Breadgate, which somehow ensnared former presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg and could force major industry changes. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. 
And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, have a good long weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Jim. <laughs>